Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. It's time, class. It's time. Finally, what we've all been waiting for. Finals time. It is time to find out your final grade. Take your final Ooh. test and get out of school. I am Alex here at the Umbrella Academy. Professor Alex, um, I know you want me to take your final, but I'm only going to take all 19 of the 20 questions. And I'm going to leave one as a surprise so you don't quite know what's going to happen at the end of my test. Uh, I'm going to be in the bathroom the whole semester. <laughs> it's too late oh, for that. that's the kid with dysentery. I know him. <laughs> I'm Justin, the best student uh, at the Academy, And we are finally here at the season one finale of Woo-hoo! Umbrella Academy, The White Violin. Uh, took us a while to get here, uh, but we are here. We're ready to talk about it. And I hope you're ready to talk about it, too. That means already watch the episode because we're about to spoil absolutely everything that happens uh, before we get into the specific plot points, nuances, talk deep about this. As you called it before we got on, Justin, cliffhanger ending to season one. Yeah. And we should we should specify you're watching the episodes, right, one by one. Yes, I th- just watched this for the first time today. Interesting. I'm very excited to hear what you think about it. Um, obviously, we'll hold any talk about season two until we get into it. Hold. Um, hold and anything that does happen on that cliffhanger. Because, Pete, you've watched season two as well, right? No, I have not. <gasps> have you been holding off for this podcast? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Whoa, We're good students. Exciting. We're not cheaters at the Academy. Well, yeah, the normal thing is that teachers, when they know the answers to something, the students are like, you fucking cheater. Exactly. Yeah, cheater. Mm-hmm. We're on the same boat. Let's all learn together. But teachers got to lord it over us. Like, they're yeah, the authority. I know the answers. I, know mm-hmm. the answers. I have a I book with the answers. Hey, I'm man, an adult. Do you know who children. the original teachers were? Students. Oh, I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. Uh, I thought you were going to say Jesus. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking Shakespeare, but you guys went way back. Do wow. you think, now Pete said, I said dinosaurs, Pete said Jesus. Do you think there was a, a Jesus dinosaur? Yeah. Yeah. They, the Jesus. They had a song about that, and one of the lyrics was, reach out and touch me. And then the dinosaur would be like, I can't. I got these stubborn little arms. Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't take shots at the T-Rex. I, I'm dinosaur Jesus. I can't reach out and touch you. Jesusaurus. Yeah. Jesusaurus. I saw that at a monster truck rally once. Let's get in and talk about the white violin. Lots of stuff goes down in this episode. Vanya is, uh, it's not fair to say in full control of her powers, but certainly has all of her powers to bear in this episode. She has. Oh, she's got control. 
I mean, we could argue about it. I think we could. We should argue we can. about it. We should. Yeah. yeah. Or discuss it even. You know, politely. Oh, may, like oh. gentleman. <laughs> but Vanya, after killing Leonard, after being locked away, she is now fully the white violin in this episode. Uh, and as you may have suspected, it's not actually Leonard who's going to destroy the world. It's Vanya who's going to destroy yes. the world. They yes. figured that out pretty late in the episode when Five's yes. like, oh, wait. I think I finally put it together. Not detectives. No No. detectives in this group. Yeah, it's just if they would have spent mm, 10 minutes together, they could have had this whole thing figured out in ep one. Yeah. Well, Diego technically, I think, is a detective, but also not a very good detective. No, he's a bad detective. Yeah. So Vanya goes a little nuts, goes to her, goes back to the Umbrella Academy, absolutely wrecks the house, kills Pogo. Goes to a violin concert uh, as you always do. You still got to hold on to your obligations, even exactly. when you're flyers. Exactly, you, know, you can't lead down, lead, let down the rest of the band. Yeah, I'm a yeah. ticket holder. Come on. Uh, Plus, like, if you give up first chair at the violin, like you'll never get that back because you know that oh, second yeah. chair is some like some kid who like knows their shit. That's where the game musical chairs comes from. That's right. It used to be much more music focused, and now it's just about <laughs> running around like an asshole. Same with Duck Duck Goose, but we don't need to get into why or how about anything about that. So uh, you used to have to kill a duck or a goose every time you got up, right? Yeah, uh, Vanya ultimately game. gives the concert. Uh, the students try to stop her. Ultimately, again, arguable whether they failed or not. Uh, we'll certainly talk about that. I think uh, they failed in the sense that the world is still destroyed. They may have succeeded in the sense that maybe things didn't turn out the way that they were supposed to or not. Uh, but let's debate that later on uh, because the moon does explode and crash into the earth. Uh, but they seemingly escape back in time using five's powers by the end of the episode. Part, parts of the moon. It's not like the whole moon comes down. Sure. Parts of the moon comes down, the whole moon explodes, though. Yeah. Right. Do you, yeah. Do you think it's, like, fine that it's just a part of the moon? You're like, oh, the whole moon. Well, I was just, you know, correcting what he was saying. Yeah. He was saying, it wasn't like the whole moon crashed, you know, it yeah. was like a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, all this is uh, apropos only of this discussion, but not actually apropos of this discussion. I've been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild with my son. Oh. And... <clears throat> Every 30 days, there's this thing called the blood moon that rises and it makes all the bad guys, all the uh, all the monsters and everything more powerful. And mm-hmm. we were playing yeah. it. The blood moon rose the other day and my son turned to me and was like, I wish I could kill the moon. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's it. You, what laugh. you have on your hands is a supervillain. I think so. Yep. He's in training. Yeah. He actually started building a small machine in the basement, but I don't think anything's going on with it. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's like no Dexter's lab down there. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's what's going on. Other things that we find out, uh, we'll get back to. There's a little scene with Reginald Hargreaves at the beginning. Uh, we get some origin notes for him that we can certainly talk about. Uh, we also uh, get a conclusion to the Hazel and Cha-Cha storyline um, where the handler finally explains to them that it was five manipulating them. But it sort of doesn't matter because Hazel just wants to be with his donut lady and moves on anyway. Uh, ultimately, super understanding donut lady. Super understanding donut lady. Do you think uh, part of what he loves about her is that she smells like donuts? Uh, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Because that's a bummer if, like, they, after all this, they stay together and she, like, you know, starts to smell like pine cones or whatever, birds. Mm-hmm. 
And oh, then he's no. like, She's oh, be, shit, I sort of liked you up. for your crawler scent. Right. When he finally uh, stops licking her fingers, like he gets ba- past the sugar layer on them. And he's like, oh, these are regular fingers. Oh, wait, Alex, do you think when she's, we call her a donut lady, she's made of donut? <laughs> yeah, she is, right? She's uh, Bavarian cream, I believe. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. I believe that's oh. canon. Oh, man. It's too bad. Because uh, now, now I'm craving Bavarian cream donuts. Now I'm craving a woman to eat a whole <laughs> woman. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that doesn't, I mean, that kind of resolves, kind of doesn't. Ultimately, uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha break up, it seems, uh, but they also get flash fried by the end of the world. So that's what's going on with them. Sure. Uh, but most of it is very focused on Vanya and them all coming together to try to stop her, even though they disagree about the methods. Uh, so let's, before we get to that, though, let's talk overall about the season. Uh, I know we've had a lot of deferring opinions about it, but given that we're here at the finale of season one, how'd you feel about this episode? How'd you feel about the season overall? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, we got some great musical, fun montage. Mm. You know, that whole Saturday thing was a blast. Yeah. Uh, music right at the credits at the fun high point. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, you know, Hazel got to go out like a boss, like he wanted. I, I was really impressed with the, you know, the season overall got a little muddy, some episodes, but overall you're getting fun fight episodes, great music to go with it. They're kind of breaking the fourth wall. Not really, but having some fun with you. I, I think this was a blast of a show, had some interesting characters. Pogo did not deserve that bullshit. And yeah, I, I enjoyed it overall. Justin, what about you? Um, yeah, I sort of feel a bit similar. Like I, the the use of the music uh, throughout this whole series so far has been excellent, um, and it's fun. It's fun. Uh, good montages. I mean, I think I'm not saying Pogo deserved to go out that way, but Pogo is not a good monkey. Oh come on, man! It's a bad he monkey. Didn't deserve that? Uh, bad monkey. Didn't... That's oh, that's that's rough, man. Yeah, I mean rough. that's. If you got a bad monkey on your hands, you don't have a lot of choice other to impale him on some antlers. I mean, come on. He just, he, he's tried a little bit. I don't know what to say. He tried a little bit and you're like, yeah. oh, that's good enough for you. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't, he's a monkey. All right. Yeah, he's a smart a, monkey. He's a monkey and, butler. Right. And he did his best with the bullshit that he had. I mean. With I don't think kids. he did his best. I think he was a little bit too much in his head. He was like condescending uh, when sure he should was. have. He should have been a little bit more with the people. Well, you know, like I said before, he was just doing what he learned. You're saying monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I may call that back. I, I'm with Pete, honestly. I think, I mean, if we're going to talk about this very specifically, I Pogo did not deserve to get Thank impaled. You, on some antlers, even if, as we all know, the elk is the natural enemy of the monkey. That's true. So it was always yeah. going to end up that way. No, uh, yeah, no debate there. That's yeah, it's like Chekhov fast. said. You know, if you introduce antlers in the first act, the monkey's going to die on them in the last act. Come on! Yeah. Come on. Hey! We've all seen Bambi. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, um, mon- this monkey saw bad, and this monkey did bad. Right. So, like, uh, I want more of, uh, from a character I want to like. I want more... Th- I want them to be a little bit more caring for the people. I, un- I understand what you're saying, but just from an emotional standpoint, I think this was the 
first unforgivable thing that at least I felt I saw Vanya do in this season. You know, what she did to Allison felt like an accident. Leonard was on purpose, but he deserved it. Pogo did did not deserve to be impaled and die for what he did, I think. Yeah, I guess uh, she definitely was seeking revenge, but she, I mean, she even says to him, like, did you know, did you willfully contribute to the fact that I was, you know, treated horribly in prison for my entire life? And he's like, yes. Like, he knew knew what he was doing, and then he admitted to it, and she uh, met it out of punishment. I'm not, I'm not saying I would do that in the same way. But it seems like you would do that exactly. No, well, I don't have uh, any antlers on my wall. Okay. I'd be throwing uh, my uh, monkey butler into, like, a poster. Oh, sweet. What kind of poster? Oh, you know, like, all the coolest posters, like uh, John Belushi with college uh, written on his uh, sweatshirt. Albert Einstein with his tongue out. Yeah. Wow. Yep, yep. wow. Oh, and, and you guys should know I'm still in college. I'm a, <laughs> oh, I'm, I've, been a I've been a college freshman for like decades at this yeah. point. Man, yeah. I do not know how they have not kicked you out of Monsters U yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you hey, man. T- I just run you shit keep, here. Yeah. Can I you give you thinking. can I give you a little cheat that might help you get out of it? Yeah. Laughter more powerful than scares. Yeah, nice. Also, uh, you know, those pottery credits aren't going to transfer over. you got to let that go. No, they're good. I'm going to make them. I made a lot. I threw a lot of uh, pots. <laughs> I go. I Patrick Swayze'd my way through a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, what else should we talk about here? Do we want to go back, talk about the first scene? Because that's kind of an interesting little thing to throw in at the end of the season here. Uh, yes. We see... Hargreaves getting a white violin uh, from a dying woman, I believe his mother. Uh, then Who, there's wh- some... Where was this? Was this a magical yeah. place? This was yeah, weird. Yeah, it looked like Krypton. It looked like Krypton just before it was exploding. It's a, it's a weird bunch of weirdness right at the end of the episode is what it is. The, it was like actually the beginning jar. of the episode. It was the beginning of yeah. the, uh, the beginning of the episode. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird thing to throw in there because it's not really explained much. All it explains mm-hmm. is like... They're called the Umbrella Academy because he bought an umbrella factory, I think. Well, and or, did you notice? Did you notice that the the umbrella sales, the umbrella shop said for sale by Jay King, yeah, Joe King, the Joker. Oh Ooh, man, the movie the Joker. Wow, you think it was Joaquin wow. Phoenix is going to show that's up? A, that's what I think. Yeah, that's Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix Force, X Men Three. Oh wow. man, now, the last stand. That- do the you think last that stand music stand Vanya's concert? See, I wow. can't believe you didn't go for umbrella stand, but otherwise I'm 100 percent behind that. <laughs> um, what the jar? Did he release glowing sperm into the air? Is that what happened? There it was the sperm. Very smartly observed, Pete. It was definitely sperm he was throwing into the air. That's one of Pete's superpowers. Actually, he was born on the same date as the Umbrella Academy kids, and I've known Pete for a long time. You can walk anywhere with him, and he'll just point all of a sudden out of nowhere and be like, uh, "That's sperm." There's some sperm. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would. Uh, this is venturing a wild guess, but it feels like it's implying maybe in some way he created the Umbrella Academy kids. Probably, D- right? Does he have glowing sperm, and I he's been know. saving it in a jar by a dying lady? Is is that what we're supposed to believe? I don't know. I wish it connected more with the episode in some way, honestly. 
Well, and honestly, it feels like it's mixing in another element that, like, it felt very fantasy. Uh, yeah. And I just didn't, um, I, I don't feel like it those mixes. Were, I don't know if you noticed, but those were, like, fancy, kind of, like, artsy-looking spaceships that were taken off. It wasn't any kind oh, of, Oh, like, I thought it was missiles. Huh. Whatever it was, it's not really explained. And he he's so sort of like a whimsical little man in this opening sequence. And then he's a miserable old cuss when he's yeah. raising the kids. Well, so when somebody you care about, I mean, you care enough to keep sperm in a jar next to her, her, her bed, um, dies, I guess you just become real mean after that. Well, this is... This gets to a problem is probably too strong, but this gets to my bigger problem with this episode, which is that I liked a lot of this episode. And I like the fact that we finally had our team together working as a team, doing things, interacting, even if they weren't agreeing on stuff. Uh, The action was exciting when they were, you know, in the scene in uh, the orchestra, uh, also in the bowling alley, really yeah, fun. Come st- on, the bowling alley was well, so it much was fun, fun stuff across the board. But it felt ultimately like things like the Reginald Hargrew scene and the way that it ends. It felt like we were just getting started. Like it felt like after ten episodes, we're just getting to the point where I wanted it to be one, maybe two episodes in. You know, like. Mm. This is where it's fun, and it's frustrating that instead it felt like set up for a second season. Well, you know, when you have stubborn kids who have been having a tough time, uh, you know, it might take them a little bit longer to come together like you would like them to do. But unfortunately, it took them 10 10 episodes. But the good news is we have season two, and it'll probably pick right up where it left off, and you'll be so happy because now they're working together and being a team. Yeah, Alex, if the Mighty Ducks had come together in the first 10 minutes of the movie The Mighty Ducks, Mm -hmm. I think it'd be a different movie experience. Yeah, no flying Vs, Alps. Exactly, you've got to build to the flying V. You've got to build to the triple deke. It's interesting because the original name of the Mighty Ducks was the Umbrella Academy. That's 100% uh-huh. true. Yeah. And yeah. Gordon Bombay was the Professor Hargreaves. And if you guys want to sit here, this is my senior thesis I've been working on <laughs> in my pottery major for a long time. And yeah. I've, been putting, I've been putting all the Mighty Ducks characters on the side of some really beautiful mugs and pictures. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Okay. Like one of those, uh, one of those things from the beginning of Hercules, the animated Hercules. That's exactly right. I'm making ancient uh, Greek pottery. <laughs> nice. And no one respects me at this college. Oh, man, that's tough. So yeah. there's that. Uh, other big stuff we could probably talk about from the episode. Uh, certainly there's a lot of play with Klaus and Ben's relationship, ultimately leading to the point where Klaus finally uses his powers in a big way, calls out Ben, Ben uses his Kraken powers, everybody sees him. It's awesome. I thought Very all cool. of this stuff... Across this entire episode, throwing the bowling ball and him not catching it. Yeah, uh, everything was, was so much fun. Great Klaus app. I mean, and it was, you know, like Salbin was saying, it was frustrating that these guys who have powers and weird lives won't believe Klaus when he says he can see and talk to Ben. And it's like, really, all the crazy shit going on, and that's what you think is weird? Uh, but yeah, also, I wanted to say, like, the amount of times that Vanya got to slow motion walk out of something as it was exploding 
was hysterical. Like it just kept happening and it was really kind of hilariously fun. Like I'm going to go into this room of the house, slow motion explode walk. I'm going to go into this room, slow motion explode walk. But I really liked that sequence because it's her revisiting all of her bad memories and then her sort of destroying them, destroying the place where they occurred. And that was cool. And that's why I think Pogo is the the heightening of that. He made all these bad memories. um, So as sort of the um, stand-in for Professor Hargreaves, and so he's got to go get antlered. There was there was a lot of reliance on the flashbacks throughout the episode, which I thought were very good. Um, In general, it's funny. I feel like flashbacks are kind of a mixed bag a lot of the time, but with this show, they could do them a whole lot more. Like they, there were episodes where they didn't do them, and it didn't draw that line. Because what is interesting is watching this really fucked up childhood that they had and how it influenced them as adults. Um, Here we get to see that in stark relief, like you were saying with Vanya, which I think is very cool. Yeah, I mean, the whole show, or at least the season, is about, like, the arrested development they all had. Like, they stopped progressing as people because of what Professor Hargreaves did to them, what the circumstances of their lifestyle, um, and not having that true parent true parents to guide them i mean in this episode they lose all of their oversight mom gets left behind the mansion she gets wrecked uh pogo um as we've uh, discussed he gets uh bambied and then the mansion itself sort of a stand-in for professor hargreaves is fully destroyed so they're left out to their own devices and they very quickly get on the same page well, which is great. And that's driven home by that last shot spinning around, showing them as the adults, as the kids, back and forth, uh, as they're trying to figure out how to escape the apocalypse. Uh, and that in itself, as a thematic visual thing, works very nicely to end the season. Yeah. Yeah. I I also want to get into how, how much uh, Luther is a shitty leader and uh, it doesn't really have good ideas. Uh, it was very frustrating this episode to watch him just be a complete asshole to cl- not only to Klaus but to others. And it's like his big plan was just a bum rusher. That was her big plan. Like, hey, we'll bum rusher. Oh, didn't work this time, but this time we'll do it from all sides. So, like, are you fucking kidding me? But I will say, Pete, technically that did work because Allison uh, stepped in. And it she only got worked t- because Allison saved his ass and didn't bum rush. She was like, you're not going to, you can't bum rush her. You got to shoot her when she's not fucking looking. Um, yes. Uh, but I think really what it was is them working together and Allison being a little bit more smarter and emotionally connected than the rest of them to solve the problem without killing um, their sister. And well, I, I thought that was a really great... Just um, in the midst of the, all of this fighting, we, all of the stuff where we see Ben uh, crackening. Um, and to your point earlier, Alex, like they don't believe that Ben is there. And then instantly they're like, is Ben, Ghost Ben cool with us doing this? And Klaus is like, yeah, it's totally. So like they familyed up fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, two little thoughts. One about the Luther sucking thing. Generally, I agree with you. He is just making bad decisions all over the place. He's just not yeah. really good at being number one, except his scene with Allison in the phone oh. booth was very, well, nice. yeah. Yeah. That's because he was just speaking from his heart about how he feels about Allison and using the child uh, to tell his truth. And uh, it was quite beautiful. And uh, so, do you like that relationship, Pete? You seem I can't tell if you're down on it or not. 
Well, it's a little weird because they're kind of like brother sister, but, but not I mean, genetically, right? Yeah, they were just raised uh, together as brother and sister. Cool, 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 cool. But do you cool, think it's not. weird? Weird. Okay. Weird. Hey, a quick question. Just a quick question for you. I know this is a different podcast. Uh, what's your favorite relationship on Riverdale? Uh, I would like to say though that <laughs> the phone booth romance is real, and I thought uh, you know that is it. Bughead, very... P, Betty, and Jughead. Yes, whose parents are in a relationship together, so they're but being they raised under the to... same roof. They live in the yeah, same they... house as brother and yeah, sister. Yeah, but they're not. All right. Okay, let's see what you're doing here. It's amazing that we can bust your balls across podcasts. <laughs> yeah. That's like dimensions. What's upsetting <laughs> is I'm worried about that relationship uh, in Riverdale, so I don't know how much longer I'll get to live my bughead best life. But mm. um, The phone booth scene is really cool, um, and I thought it was a nice... That in the midst of all these fight sequences was just a nice uh, emotional uh, thing to have happen, and I think is a better structure for these episodes. Um, some of the episodes I think we didn't like just felt sort of wandery, and this felt like everything um, sort of was meant had to mean something. Except I will say the the show, the season is a bit of a letdown in that nothing is resolved. Right. Well. They're going to hopefully save the day because they were able to time travel. So the resolve still could be coming. But what I'm saying is like other like famous uh, movies and TV shows that do cliffhangers like this at least give you enough resolution that you feel like you watch something. Like Mm -hmm. Back to the Future always spun forward to the next one. Like The Empire Strikes Back. Like that's like there's some resolution there and you know that it's not story's not over, but like everyone's in a resting place. This was literally cutting away in the middle of the biggest, uh, climax of the series. Yeah. It's the sort of thing not to backseat. Right. But to your point, Justin it's the sort of thing where like, if they stopped the apocalypse, they stopped Vanya and we're like, wow, we did it. This is great. And then a week later, the moon exploded or something. That's sort of a different thing here. Or even if it was like a minutes later or like they are, they we find resolution that everything's fine. They look up and the moon explodes. Right. Then I'm like, oh, that feels like the end of something. And then, then we just see the next problem and it plays as a little bit of a joke. This felt like like, oh, there must be a scene I'm missing. Right. I think they tried to get the sense of that where they were like. Yeah, we did it. But to your point, immediately afterwards, they realized the moon exploded and they did not, in fact, yeah, do anything. It was a fun Klaus moment where he was like, hey, hey, guys. Yeah. So, well, on that note, and we mentioned this earlier, what do you think? Did they actually change anything? Um, yes. They, they were able to time travel so they could still save the day. I mean, I guess we don't really know. I would say, yes, they did, because if the moon rock hits the Earth, they will die in the symphony, uh, the orchestra place, as opposed to at the mansion. But I feel like they could be traveling through time and space back to the mansion. They could just die there. Yeah, I I guess we'll have to see how it all plays out uh, when they get into the second season or potentially beyond. Um, Jumping back, though, let's talk about the, well, we talked about the Hazel Cha-Cha stuff. Um, I had a question about the handler. I know this is sort of like an affectation, but I feel like this happens a lot on TV where people get way too much Chinese food for a very small Mm. amount of people, and that bothers me. Wow. 
I think it was just she was kind of going last meal type of thing Uh, and went to town. Okay. All right. I can see that. I love that because that to me is like she's stress eating. I can relate to her. She Mm. went fucking like left side of the menu, please. Like, fuck it. I'm getting it all. But I will say like with with Chinese food, even if you order a few things, it often comes in multiple packages. Mm, That's true. Because you got your rice, you got your whatever the dish is, then you got Mm -hmm. something on the side. Oh, yeah. Please talk more. This is great. (laughs) Are you hungry, Pete? Did you not eat dinner yet? (laughs) What other packages uh, could could come in adjustment? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you get your little container with all the sauces in it sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then you get a side dish. You get some uh, crab rangoon. What would you say uh, with Chinese food? What is the tightest little package that you get? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely the rice. Because the rice is usually a tiny, smaller oh, yeah. little box. And it's jam-packed. Jam-packed. And fully just <laughs> smooshed, oh, tight. It yeah. expands. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's you're not like getting a, gypped on the rice. This is such it's a like weird a, bit for you. I, I I would not see this coming from you, but I appreciate yeah. it and I respect it. No, you don't need to respect it, and also I don't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just package that up in a little tiny way. What um, else should we talk about here? What else in the episode? Well, let's talk about um, bowling. I love that their yeah. meeting spot is a bowling alley, and I'm a big. Uh, I grew up as a big rock and bowler. Yeah. Um, definitely went on for the, the late when night When the bowling. lights go on, the fucking black lights come out. Come out. Yeah. Get to roll all night. Uh, what's your bowling high score? I don't know. I'm terrible at bowling. I like bowling. I enjoy bowling. I am awful at it. Absolutely awful. Interesting. Uh, okay. So probably, I, to- I don't even know if I've cracked 200 at any point. Well, that's hard. Uh, that's high. I once did. The I don't know if I've dip- ever gotten a perfect three hundred. Honestly, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what <laughs> no, you sound wow. like, yeah. Pete. I, I once got the perfect amount of drunk where I was like extremely good at bowling, and uh, I got um, all strikes and spares except for two nines. What was the number? I don't remember. I'm so drunk. <laughs> what are you, wow. It sounds like maybe you didn't do that. I got a two seventeen oh. once. Nice. That's a high. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I like these scenes a lot. Uh, there's some fun lines in there. I don't remember. I think it was Klaus who says it when they're getting attacked and says something like, Are, do you think they're here for Derek's birthday party? <laughs> yeah, yes, that was a very, very funny line. He also uh, threw the cake at a, a guy with a machine gun. That's great. Sliding down the bowling alley, uh, yeah, the, the oh. lane, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Who has someone to do that? Well. That was just great. Yeah, yeah. just fun stuff. Fun stuff they all the just take off running for the lanes. That was so fun. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Um, we see five finds out that he's being tracked by a candy. That's why you can't yeah. take candy from those hard candies. Never mm-hmm. worth it. That was fun between the handler and him, both of them recognizing each other. Yeah. Ooh, he's good. She's good. Yeah, yeah. it feels like uh, good matched wits. And it's a real bummer that she gets killed at the end of this episode. It's yeah. just like dispatched so quickly. That's another annoying thing. But if there's any character that could come back somehow from that, I feel like it's her. Yeah. Um, I, uh, on the Klaus tip, like uh, Klaus getting a burrito when he's supposed to be watching the door at the end, I yeah. thought was, <laughs> yeah, was uh, also right. very funny. You're the lookout. And yeah. like, What's his line? Look out, because here comes Cha-Cha. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, he says something. It's it's so casual his delivery on. I thought I said no cilantro. And then he yeah, just yeah. sees everything going wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, great little moments throughout. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season. Even if I was frustrated to the point you were making, Justin, with them not ending it. Um, but it's certainly the sort of thing where it's like. Without again, without I have watched the second season, so without getting into spoilers, my feeling I remember of being left with this is like I didn't like this season, but there was enough that I liked that I want to check out season two. You know, yeah. I mean, so you're saying the, you're saying you want to check out season two, and you've actually already watched season two. <laughs> I'm just recalling this is my classic feeling. professor <laughs> shit trying to tell yeah. us what to do because you think you know us. Yeah, uh, but also like. That's the perfect place to leave us, right? Wanting more. And that ending was like, fuck, I really want to tune in to see what the fuck happens. Yeah, but I guess Um, my point is it's the difference between like eating half of a steak and being like, oh, I'm going to leave some of this because I want some more for tomorrow. And then someone being like, hey, do you see this picture of a steak? Pretty good, right? Do you want some some more of this? And you're like, yeah. And like, well, it's not here. You have to wait till season two of the steak. <laughs> you you lost me at eating half of a steak. <laughs> it, it it does feel like they tried the classic showrunner thing of you got to pick up our show because we have this crazy cliffhanger that everybody's yeah. going to want to see resolved. But they did it slightly wrong. I mean, the way yeah. Justin was describing it, I think, is the way you do it, where it seems resolved and then it's actually not. Here, it's not resolved and then it's also not. Well, but I also <laughs> wasn't. Didn't this show get a two season order out of the gate? So, like, no, they knew. It? I that I may maybe I'm making that up, but that's what I thought. Hmm, um, so it feels like they were very confidently leaning into the fact that they were going to go back and start making the second season almost immediately. Um, one other thing, like uh, you guys mentioned, that Hazel and Cha Cha both died, and I actually don't think. Hazel and Agnes died. I think they've sort of time blipped out. Yeah, they blipped out. Cha-Cha definitely died. Cha-Cha died. Hazel Hazel and Donut Lady blipped out. Hazel and Madam Madam Cruller vanish in a time blip. And what's awesome is the handler also called her the Donut Lady. I felt very justified. Where? How do you think they did that then? Because there was a conversation about not having a suitcase, so not being able to time travel. How do they blip? Well, I think a couple things. Uh, I think five could have taken care of them because he had a he had a connection with. uh, They chatted over the duaritas as we so dutifully discussed last episode. Yeah. Or uh, maybe uh, Hazel has more to do um, in the from for the time variance authority. That's not their name, but that's what I call them. The commission. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll see what happens. All right, folks. I think that's a good. Well, let's. What? Let's get into the fact that we wanted to fight about something, and it was uh, over the what Allison did. Did, should you, did you feel like she should have shot her in the head, or what? Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. Good fight. I, I feel like <laughs> she should have shot her. Oh. Because mm. she tried to kill a bunch of people, and like, uh, I, you know... It was a good move, you know, because now she can't hear, you know. It's kind of an interesting, like, monkey, uh, you know, see, you know, hear type of thing. But I think that, like, uh, <laughs> we literally sorry, said what, what was that aphorism earlier in the podcast? Uh, you know, with the, I don't know. Um, see no evil, hear but, no evil, do no evil? Yes, thank you. Thank Classic you. monkey versus elk situation. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I was surprised that she didn't shoot her um, because she was killing literally all of her family in front of her. So, well, here's here's the thing. If she had shot her, there's a case to be made that the moon wouldn't have gotten destroyed. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seemed like a smarter play to take her off the table. But I, Allison cares for her, so she Yeah, her exactly. Sister. I mean, I think she ultimately did the right thing. She figured out another solution. It just went horribly wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, it would have been better if she shot her in the head. Um, I appreciated the move. I thought it was very um, smart of her to understand the situation so uh, fully and um, realize if she took out her hearing, the music would stop because uh, it was, she was in sort of a fugue state. Um, because the whole thing with Vani in this episode is like she's in such shock. She's not even a person the whole episode, which is another thing that's sort of a waste because um, we've loved Vanya's all of the emotion she's going through all season. And in this episode, we don't get any of that. She's either uh, just wrecking everything or she's in this state of uh, sort of but the, succumbing to her powers. The violin music was absolutely beautiful. That was really well done and it was fun to kind of see her. It was hard to play that on set too, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I thought the music was great. I thought it was really... Uh, yeah. Because uh, it's one of those things where if the piece doesn't hold up to like that giant buildup, it's mm-hmm. not as cool. But You don't think it would have been cool if she was like... Snurp. Yeah. She could have done Cotton Eye Joe or something like that. That would have been pretty rad. Yeah. Play a real violin song like Cotton Eye Joe. Play a real song, Ellen Page. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, do you feel particularly protective of her, Pete, because your last name is LePage and her last name is Page? No. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you felt some sort of connection. Nope. Like you're wow. the Page and she's Ellen, comma, the Page. Yeah, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, in that case, I think let's determine who <laughs> gave top marks, not just for the episode, but the season overall. Mm. Who... Wins the season, I guess, or gets an A in the season. Pete. Who gets an A? Let's grade every character. Ben. Ben gets an A. We get to see him save Diego, uh, save, get to use his powers with Klaus. That was kind of like a little Voltron, the two of them coming together and forming this uh, giant anime octopus thing. So it was, uh, Ben was uh, a great part of this whole season. It was fun to see his character kind of get his due at the end. That's Justin. nice. They came together as a family. Um, you know, it's tough to choose a fave, but I think I have to give it up for Allison uh, mm, over wow. in this episode and across the season. Like she, um, despite sort of being a little bit uh, inactive, bad with kids, uh, bad with kids potentially, but something we can all understand. Um, she was a little bit inactive throughout the season, but as it went on, she was the only one who was sort of aware of the emotional stakes that were happening, both in her relationship with Luther and what was happening with Vanya and the rest of the family as as a whole. And I think her choices um, really built uh, across the whole season and ending in her move at the end, which we think is at least part one of saving the day. I got to give it up for Klaus all yeah, day. Yeah, you do. Come out. Just great this episode. As we talked about, Klaus. so many fantastic mu- moments. 
the main reason that I kept watching the show over the course of the first reason uh, season, just because Robert Sheehan is so good, so much fun. Uh, like you said, the stuff with Ben is super fun, but even him just as a character is great in every single interaction. And he's one of the only other one of the only characters that really relates in some way to every other character on the show, which is the other thing that makes him special. So awesome. Always Klaus. Klaus is in the house. Klaus House. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to season one of our podcast. We're going to be going right into season yes. two, breaking that we'll, all down. We should probably take a break for a couple months, though. Nope. Yeah, we nope. already did that. We took our <laughs> summer vacation early. Uh, let's, let's yeah, we're going to go right break. into it. In the meantime, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast sure and YouTube. Come on by. Talk to us about the Umbrella Academy. If you want to support the show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at podcademy on twitter instagram and facebook comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more for the umbrella podcademy class dismissed Ah, what a cliffhanger Woo-hoo. did we graduate i don't know <laughs> <laughs>